And welcome back to another edition of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason sitting at the crossroads of faith and pop culture. Dan Delzell and myself, Sonny, them talk about the things that go on in this world. You talk about powerful influences, celebrities, music, musicians, you know, movies and actors, and especially social media. These entities seem to drive the traditions and norms of modern society. And so we like to take a look at those traditions and norms and kind of talk about them here on the podcast. And Dan, this past weekend, you had a message regarding a topic that um, I wanted to delve into a little bit more. It's about rewards in heaven. And I was wondering if we could start the the episode here with you maybe giving us a, a little brief synopsis. I know it was a you know a sermon long message. And so if you can kind of condense that down for time's sake, um, and give us kind of like the main points about what you were talking about with us. You know, you have salvation that gets us to heaven with our belief in Jesus Christ and our repentance of sins. But then you were also commenting how we might be rewarded based on our faith and, and belief system. And so, again, if you can just kind of set the table for the conversation with a little bit of what you were talking about, then we can uh, take it from there. Uh, sure. Thanks, Sonia. Yeah, I'm very glad to be able to do that here today with you. And I was finishing up a sermon series on the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. And uh, toward the end of those, uh, Jesus is talking about um, the benefits uh, that he gives people. The rewards uh, is the word that's used um, when you're persecuted for your faith. Uh, Jesus said, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. And so I picked up on that word reward, and then I also pointed out how there are other passages in Scripture that talk about um, heavenly rewards. Uh, for example, in Matthew 16, 27, Jesus said, For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. Now, this, of course, son, as I mentioned in my message, uh, seems to be, you know, directly opposed to what we've always known the gospel to say, which is that we're saved by grace through faith in Christ. And, and clearly, clearer in the, in, in the Bible and especially in the New Testament. So, so what is this business with rewards? And it really does get into an area that we don't often talk about or perhaps think about, but let's just take this example of, of uh, someone being persecuted for their faith. Uh, what Jesus is saying here is that there will be, um, there will be, if you want to call it, some compensation for the suffering that Christians went through. Now, it's very important, son, that we don't confuse the rewards with the gift of salvation. Uh, both of those words are used in the New Testament, gift and rewards. And a gift would be like a birthday gift that, let's say, a, a teenager gets from a parent. Let's say you get a yeah, if you were to see a sign in your neighborhood that somebody's lost their pet and there's a hundred dollar reward and you go out and you look for that pet and you find their pet and you return it and then you get rewarded for what you did. Um, a reward is given for something that you do. A gift is freely given and heaven is a free gift given to all who trust Christ as Savior. You know, everyone who repents of their sin and accepts Jesus' sacrifice for their sins is forgiven. Um, the rewards that we'll talk about today are something in addition to that. 
And uh, as I mentioned in my message, you know, no one in heaven is going to be jealous of anyone else's rewards or feeling like, well, boy, you know, I, it's not fair. You know, it's not fair that I don't have the rewards there. You know, that's all stuff of this earth. You know, that's what siblings say to one another. That's what we say when different things in life don't, um, well, many times when they're not fair, we say that's not fair. Uh, and 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 yet with with heavenly rewards there is this biblical teaching that I know we're going to get into to here today that is in scripture for a reason and um it's, it's good to be able to understand just what exactly did Jesus mean you know when, when he said as I, I read a moment ago um the son of man is going to come in his father's glory with his angels and then he will reward each person according to what he has done so i think it'll be a a good ride here this morning or the today son and um you know, it's great to kind of dive into this biblical topic. Now, one of the analogies that you used was like a um, uh, like a poster on the light pole or the electric pole outside or in your neighborhood where there's a lost pet. And there's a reward for the lost pet. So you decide to look for that pet and you spend some time looking for it. And let's say eventually you find this lost pet, whether it be a dog, cat, whatever. And you return it to the owner and then they give you a reward. Let's say it's $100 or whatever. And so you receive this reward. And so that was kind of like what you were using as an analogy for the rewards in heaven type of thing. Is that right? Well, yes, son. I mean, I, I, I think we have to really wrestle with the two words here, the scripture um, that talks about, you know, gift and then reward. For example, in Revelation twenty two seventeen, Jesus said in one of the last verses in the Bible, behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. Now, son, if we don't put that into the category of what believers are eligible to receive, then we we might fall into the trap of teaching that going to heaven is a reward for good behavior. And that's not at all what Scripture teaches. In fact, there was a famous uh, theologian, uh, Albert Barnes, who wrote a Bible commentary that's still used by many people today. Uh, He served as a Presbyterian minister some 200 years ago on the East Coast. But he said this. uh, He said, rewards shall be granted to the friends and punishments to the foes of God, just in proportion to their deeds in this life. Rewards shall be granted to the friends of God and punishments to the foes of God, just in proportion to their deeds of this life. So again, I think um, most of the time, son, uh, when we talk about heaven and think about heaven, we we emphasize the gospel, and that that's always the foundation and and the most important thing by far. Um, there really isn't a need to spend a lot of time, I don't think, talking about heavenly rewards because Jesus, I wouldn't say, spent. A lot of time, but he did spend some time, and he did clearly talk about heavenly rewards being given out according to what a person has done. So, yes, to answer your question, uh, I, I think uh, you know as I compared it to going out and looking for someone's pet, and then finding their their cat or their dog, let's say, and then getting the hundred dollar reward. A reward is something you're given for something you've done. A gift is freely given. Going to heaven is a free gift. That's the only way you can receive it. Um, you know, you could be martyred. You could be martyred for your religion, but that won't earn heaven. The only thing that gets us into heaven is the death of Jesus. But what Jesus was teaching 
is that persecution and even martyrdom in the extreme case, um, that, that those things uh, receive rewards from the Lord, just like a parent, let's say, son, uh, might reward a child for some just exemplary behavior. Uh, why shouldn't God be the same way? After all, he created us. Where, where do you think we got this sense of justice from? Why, why do you think most parents, um, you know, let's say you have multiple children in the home. Why would most parents try to be fair with their children? Because it's just kind of ingrained in us. That's who, we, who we've been created to be. Now, granted, you've got people who don't, who don't follow that. But, but for the most part, that's who we've been created to be, to be fair. And God is the fairest person uh, of anyone. And, and so it is interesting here in the Bible that we see these heavenly rewards being given out to believers. Um, and uh, as it says here in Scripture, uh, in proportion to their deeds in this life, or as Jesus said in Matthew 16, he will reward each person according to what he has done. Now, I'd like to play a little bit of, I don't really want to call it devil's advocate, but opposite view, because as I was just sitting there listening, a couple things came to mind. Now, to, yes. to be fair, you did say this is a message that might, that, that would be for somebody that is more of a mature Christian, that might have a, a deeper faith, that might be in the right. faith and studied the Bible a lot longer, and it wouldn't be necessarily a, a message for a new believer because they might not have the, right. the understanding and the maturity. So, I'll, so let's put that out there so that when people are listening, yeah. they know that yeah. what we're talking about is something a little bit more mature than what you might find yeah. with a new Christian, a new believer. Correct. But also, as I'm thinking, and I've been talking to a couple of people since Sunday about it, just you know, here and there. I yeah. want I want I want to remind everybody that when I when we met, I was working at a Christian talk show in Los Angeles, and yeah. one of the things that we did was we 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 read scripture that said, yeah. you know, uh, what was it, John fourteen six? Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the yeah. Father but by me." So we read that scripture, yeah. that yeah. that verse, and then we opened the phone lines and we're like. Is there another way to heaven? And people mm-hmm. would give us their resume of church. You know, I grew up in the church. I memorized the Bible 1,800 times over. I read it, like, you know, mm-hmm. all the way through every single day. And so then they would come after giving us their resume of Christianity and say, there are other ways to get to heaven. So the reason why I bring that up is because as I'm listening and you're talking about mature Christians, immediately I'm thinking that there's going to be even mature Christians that are going to sit there and start to seek out that lost puppy moment to be able to pad their reward in heaven. And people mm-hmm. are going to like twist it and turn what you're saying and start to actively seek out because my understanding of rewards is, okay, you talk about the Beatitudes, blessed are those who persecuted because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not actively seeking out to be tortured or persecuted. However, in my Christian walk, people may persecute me based on my beliefs. Um, other people in other countries, like in China, for example, your Christian persecution could be way more severe and cost you your life. Um, and so sometimes in my understanding was that the life we live can dictate to us kind of what we receive in heaven based on just the life that we live. But then as now as we start to actively seek for these lost pet moments of rewards in heaven, it kind of then does become a dangerous, slippery, uh, slippery slope because now people are actually actively looking for works that will then pad their stats, so to speak, so that they get better crowns in heaven. And I found that 
as we, as you were talking about, that's the first thing that came to mind is this really is something that needs to be maybe um, discussed a little bit more so that people don't have a misunderstanding of what it actually means. Because I'm starting to think, okay, I better help the poor a little bit more. I better go and do this. I better maybe go and 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 uh, talk with the elderly, or the sick, you know, and do more things because you know I want to pad my stats. And then on the flip side, you're you're thinking, well, I can never pad my stats enough to be like a Billy Graham. So then, you know, I'm kind of never going to achieve that level of rewards in heaven. And then all of a sudden, your focus and your mind is on the rewards because that's the society that we live in. The society that we live in is instant gratification. What are you going to do for me? And what can I do to better myself? Yeah, absolutely. No, I really appreciate those uh, those thoughts and questions, and just even yeah, just the just the concern that um, that, that 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 we we should have, and 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 just as kind of natural to think about, you know, does it compromise a uh, you know kind of a person's motives in 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 what they're doing? And you know, just, I have I have a couple of thoughts on that. You know, one one thing is this: um, I believe that the rewards, um, and, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit today, one of the passages I looked at was in 1 Corinthians 3, where our works are tested with fire, and we can kind of get into that a little bit. Um, but um, one of the things I think we see with, with the rewards is that um, the motive of why we do what we're doing for the Lord, I think, is so uh, key, as, as I read the scripture, in terms of, um, you know, heavenly rewards. So, you, you mentioned Billy Graham, for example. In a natural way of looking at it, we might think, well, there's no way I'm going to get the rewards that Billy Graham got, because look at all the people that came to Christ through him. But I'm not sure that's how God hands out rewards. Um, you know, um you know, think, think about the examples where, where, where Jesus, for example, talked about, you know, the widow who put in, you know, more than all the others because she put in all she had to live on. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it, it comes down to um, how do we use the gifts and abilities, you know, or what people will call the time, talents, and treasures, you know, that God has given us. How do we use those to the Lord's glory? And what is my motive? You know, if, if my motive is to be known as this, you know, super spiritual, you know, super religious, you know, holy Christian who's so great. Look at me, you know, then I, I don't, I don't believe um, that attitude or behavior that stems from that will receive rewards. But when a person is doing something humbly and, and serving and using the gifts they, they, they've, they've been given, um, I believe scripture is, is addressing the point that, um, that God does, uh, he, well, he's pleased with that. And it, what's interesting to me about the whole reward thing too, son, is this, um, you know, if anybody, um, has the, the knowledge and the right and, and the ability to be concerned with this whole idea of rewards and, and the danger of it compromising Christians. It would be the Lord himself. It would be uh, Jesus uh, who used these words. Um, it, it would be the Holy Spirit who inspired Scripture to be written. I mean, on one hand, you know, we could be the devil's advocate and, and say, now when Jesus himself here said, you know, that when he comes with his angels, he will, you know, reward each person according to what he has done. Okay? Um, well, isn't Jesus concerned that um, somebody's motives could be compromised uh, or, or, or that someone would start to think that they're going to earn heaven? Well, 
you know, the, the Lord doesn't seem to be concerned about that. I mean, he's obviously concerned that people be saved and they understand the gospel. But my point is, um, he's, he's talking about these things, um, and the Holy Spirit's inspiring these things to be written. And yet I don't see God putting in his word, but wait a minute, you know, um, uh, be careful that you don't really ever do anything thinking you might get a reward for it. Um, you know, for example, son, in 2 Corinthians 5.10, it says, We all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now, this is the Apostle Paul. And no one understood the gospel better than the Apostle Paul, obviously the Lord. But I mean, humanly speaking, nobody other than the Apostle Paul. I mean, read Romans, read Galatians, read Ephesians. Paul delivers the gospel time and time and time again. So what in the world is that guy who knew the gospel so well and who'd been lost? He'd been a, a terrorist. You know, he, he, had, he had persecuted Christians. And then he, he was converted. But why would that guy, why would he write these words? Um, we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. And then why would Jesus say... Um, for the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, then he will reward each person according to what he has done. Um, so I hear what you're saying, son. It's a very good and fair and legitimate question. But if a person thinks they're going to get a reward, won't that kind of compromise? Won't, or like I think you, you know, what you said, it's kind of, you know, like pad your, your stats or, so, you know, add to your... Um, add to your uh, whatever in heaven. And, and And I would almost say this, son... That may be exactly what the Lord wants us to be thinking. Um, that may be exactly what what the Bible is teaching. Maybe God wants Christians, from, from what I'm reading, you know, here, maybe God wants Christians to think that when you give sacrificially of your time, talents, and treasure, um, you're not going to have the, the world can give you when you give your time, talents, and treasure um, just to your career or your hobbies or even your family, okay? You're not going to have um, uh, some of the things that the world can offer you if you invest your time, talents, and treasure chasing after the things of the world. But if you invest your time, talents, and treasure in the things of God, now again, not saying you have to be a Billy Graham. I mean, you know, one out of what? How many million Christians, you know, or Billy Graham, okay? Uh, you know, maybe one out of a billion. I don't know. I mean, it's a lot. So I don't believe, Son, that a person has to uh, be known, be famous, or even necessarily do a lot of things that other people see and recognize, okay? I think many times yeah, it, it, it's the one who's doing things maybe that few people know about, but their heart is pure. Their motives are pure. Um, by God's grace, there's this purity. So I, I don't see the Lord or the Holy Spirit in the Bible saying, now, don't ever, don't ever try to do something thinking you're going to get a reward. In fact, I almost see, the, like I say, the opposite being taught in these instances that talk about it. But, but having said that, son, I mean, I've been a Christian for decades, um, been a pastor for, um, what, 32 years. Uh, you know, I can't say that I've ever, uh, in all those years, son, ever thought 
before or after I've done something for the Lord. Boy, I tell you, I can't wait to get my reward for that. I mean, I, I just, it, it's just not part of my thinking. Okay. But I'll say this, um, and I mentioned this in the message. If I was living in a country where there was tremendous persecution going on against the Christians and tremendous sacrifices were, were, were being made by, by the Christians, uh, including myself, you know, for our faith. Um, perhaps then, son, I would find much more comfort um, than maybe would be possible for me to receive when, when I read a verse like this in the Beatitudes where Jesus said, um, because it doesn't make sense, blessed are you when people insult you? What do you mean, Lord, blessed? How are you blessed? Persecute you? Really? Why is that a blessing, Lord? And falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me? It's like, Lord, wait a minute. Are you not seeing what's happening here? I've been taken from my family. I'm sitting in prison or whatever. Um, our family has been torn apart. You're telling me we're blessed. Now, how so? Well, you know, we would certainly argue as Christians that the joy of the Lord sustains us, the grace of God. Okay, so there's the things, and many Christians have testified to that, even in the midst of hardship. But the Lord adds this little nugget. Rejoice and be glad. And he doesn't just say, oh, because you're going to have peace in this life which we know God offers that to, to those who are persecuted. But he says, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Now, he didn't say rejoice and be glad because you've received the gift of eternal life. I mean, he could have said that. That's probably what we would be more inclined to say, uh, knowing what we know about the gospel and everything, um, because we know that's the most important thing, and the Lord knows that's the most important thing. So why, why would the Lord talk about these bonuses? Why would the Lord seem to not be afraid of someone um, being motivated by that, Instead, it's almost like the Lord is putting it out there and saying, um, you know, um, don't worry about it. Um, I've got your back. Uh, great is your reward in heaven. So as I said in the message, son, um, no one in heaven, I'm convinced of this, will be jealous of anyone's el anyone else's reward. But if you were to say to me, Dan, do you believe the Bible teaches that, that let's just say that Christian or that missionary who endures, let's say, decades of Christian service to the Lord, either in their family, on their job, or even, you know, in their mission work. Uh, well, I mean, it's mission work, whether you're a full-time missionary or part-time missionary or not. We're all missionaries in that sense. But, but if you were to say to me, Dan, will that person who's endured, while many of their friends and, and peers and neighbors, they kind of skated by in that culture that, that hated Christianity. But, but, but these Christians endured a lot of suffering. If you were to say to me, Dan, do you think the Bible is teaching that there will be some, some bonuses for those people that maybe the thief on the cross who got in at the last minute and maybe had lived a horrible life, but then he was saved by God's grace, just like the, the, the people who lived for the Lord for decades. They both got in the same way, by grace. They all were saved by grace. But if you say, Dan, do you think the Bible is teaching that the Lord has some bonuses for these people who endured, um, or these Christians who who spent their whole life not not getting any glory. Not, I mean, because in some ways, son, I would say it's the people just the opposite of Billy Graham who maybe are going to have the greatest rewards. The people who were the least known, 
Uh, but they were faithful. They were faithful with what they did. Um, and I'm convinced many of them will have at least as great of a reward as Billy Graham. Um, but again, that's all in the Lord's hands and, and only he knows. But, but my point is, um, if you say, Dan, do you, do you think the Bible is, do you think Jesus is teaching that, um, that, that maybe their bonuses will be greater than the thieves on the cross, the thief on the cross? I would say, well, um, that seems to be the, the plain reading of the text. Um, I, I'm not aware of, of any other plain interpretation of that. Um, but, but having said that, son, I would just say this. If a Christian, even after studying about biblical rewards, um, comes to the personal conclusion, you know, I don't believe the Bible teaches that there'll be any differences between anything that any Christians have in heaven. Then I would say, hey, you know, that's between you and the Lord. And if that's how you interpret scripture and, and you find that that is the, the, the way that you're the most motivated to live for Christ and, and, and serve him humbly and do so in obscurity, which we're all to seek, you know, we're never to seek uh, the limelight. Um, then, hey, that's between you and the Lord. And if that's how you choose to interpret those verses, then, um, you know, I, I would just say, don't be surprised if the Lord has some bonuses for you one day. I know you won't turn those down, but if a person chooses not to interpret scripture that way, this is a secondary doctrine. It certainly isn't going to affect anybody's salvation because that's not based on a person's understanding or, or interpretation of this doctrine of, of, of heavenly rewards. That all comes down to faith in the cross, in Christ, receiving the gift. So, so yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. It's not kind of pressing on that point a little bit. I think that's a very good thing to do. But I would just simply say, if it is if it is something that's going to maybe threaten to compromise somebody's motives because they're kind of padding their, their 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 reward balance in heaven, if you will, I'd say, well, okay, I, I, I from a human perspective, yeah, I agree, but I don't know. I, I in scripture, I, I just don't see Jesus and the Holy Spirit expressing a concern about that for whatever reason, and that surprises me because I'm looking at it humanly. I'm thinking humanly, wouldn't that compromise? But but like I say, and then I'll leave it at that sign. Like I say, I. I've never lived in a nation where there's extreme persecution, the way many of our brothers and sisters are. So if I was living there, son, I might have an even deeper desire um, to embrace this doctrine that says God is not going to forget about our suffering. God is not going to just, you know, um, have, well, you know, the Christians in America have it pretty easy and we have it so rough and we're all going to get exactly the same thing in heaven anyway. I, you know, I, 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 I think the passage we'll look at here today before we're done in Corinthians addresses how um, I think there is a distinction. I think Albert Barnes, the Bible commentator, is, is correct that, um, uh, you know, I, I, I think that the, the rewards are given out to the friends, the punishments are given out to the foes. But anyway, let me just pause. That was a long stretch. So thank you, Son, for letting me go on there a bit. That, that probably generates maybe some thoughts on your part or response or, you know, you know maybe some other ideas. Well, a couple things. First off, when you talked about the widow's might, I actually had that, that I wanted to bring up. The other point I had was like the fair Pharisee and the tax collector, because when you had the Pharisee, you know, in Luke 18, they go up to the temple, right? And the Pharisee is praying, you know, up there all haughty and mighty. Thank you, God, that I'm like one of these people. I'm not a swindler, an evildoer, an adulterer, or like this tax collector. So he's being haughty and proud about who he is. But then on the flip side, the tax collector is is, uh, coming to the Lord very humbly and doing his thing. 
um, yeah. very humbly. It also talks about, um, let me see if I can find it real quick. I might have lost it as I was jumping around. But when you do mm-hmm. things, um, you do things in, in private. You know, you do things as unto the Lord, not so that your reward is here on earth, but so that your reward is in heaven, so that you are uh, whatever it is that you're doing, if you're giving alms, if you're talking about mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, helping mm-hmm, the poor, mm-hmm. if you're talking about doing different yeah. things, you do it as unto the Lord. So it's almost like you do it in private, so that way yes. you're not yes. getting your earthly reward. The second thing that kind of came to well, mind not, is, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, if I might just say this song, okay, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but, but um, I don't think any of the context of what we're looking at here in any of these verses is talking about an earthly reward. In other words, the only verses we've looked at so far only talk about heavenly rewards, um, and, and and so your, your point is a good one, that, you know, people who do it for the show, they have their reward. The Pharisees had their reward, but they weren't saved, so that would be I, I don't I don't ever see the the doctrine of heavenly rewards you know uh, addressing um, you know really the the you know the, this life as much as as in heaven. But anyway, sorry yeah. to interrupt, but I just want to yeah throw that in. Yeah, no, yeah. I just meant that people that do it in public, that's what they're yes. trying to seek. They're trying to seek an earthly reward, while God is yeah. more concerned yeah. with us just doing it for Him. You know, doing it because we're called to be like Him and and live those godly principles. Um, you talk about our lot in life being born someplace. We can't control where we're born. And then mm-hmm. God does have a plan for each of us. So for some, he calls into ministry. Some he mm-hmm. calls into teaching and preaching and doing other things. And so I think, mm-hmm. too, that, you know, we can be rewarded just based on what God calls us to do. So obviously, you as a pastor, your rewards in heaven might be different than, let's say, mine because of the job that God has called you to do. Or maybe I doubt that though, Spawn. So? The reason I say that is, yeah, I don't. I don't think it has to do with with the job. I think it has to do with faithfulness to what God gives us to do, and that's where I say I think there could easily be people who have more rewards in heaven than Billy Graham. Be, you know, uh, and I mean hypothetically anyway. I don't think it, frankly, has anything to do with with you, you know what type of role, be it a pastor, be it a be it a, a teacher, be it a construction worker. I mean, I think any Christian is eligible you know for for rewards that, that's my sense i, I don't right. really see a distinction well, in scripture but yeah well see i just think because when you say that if you're persecuted you know someone who's persecuted yeah. you might hold to the hope that maybe your rewards a little bit better because of what you've gone through and i think that just the our lot in life would give us the opportunity to earn earn the rewards or be rewarded based on what we did mm-hmm. so for example if we're going out there as a Christian and we're actively trying to preach the gospel and bring others to Christ mm-hmm. versus just kind of, you know, doing our thing. Um, you know, what it's, it's like the talents, you know, we're given the talents, like, like we're given talents by God to do stuff. And if we mm-hmm. go and use those talents and multiply those talents, um, yeah. you know, there could be a reward based on us using those talents versus just keeping the original talents that God gave us. Um, and stuff like that. And so I think that's why it's like, it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those murky mm-hmm. areas because there's a lot of things that I think that could go on that mm-hmm. allows people in their, so instead of seeking out, okay, instead of seeking out the puppy, mm-hmm. like we mentioned in the analogy and going and doing mm-hmm. these rewards based on our calling in life, you know, if you're, mm-hmm. uh, if you're a teacher, what you do in the mm-hmm. classroom and what you do, um, in the, uh, with the young kids, raising them up. If you are right. uh, dealing with the homeless, 
you know, let's okay. say like a, an Andy Bales who runs the uh, the mission there in Los Angeles, you know, um, that might be a separate path for him and the rewards that he receives in heaven might be different than somebody else. If you're doing prison ministry, you know, whatever it is we're doing, God calls us to do these things. If we're just a parent and we're raising our kids in his, in, in the way that, you know, a godly parent should raise their kids. Um, so I think that there's a lot of things there that, you know, people can, like, instead of focusing on those rewards, you know, if we just focus on getting to heaven and on God and what God would want us to do, I think that naturally, takes care of the rewards because God has called us to do certain things in life that mm-hmm. naturally allows mm-hmm. us opportunities that would then, mm-hmm. I guess, be rewarded in heaven um, mm-hmm. because God is mm-hmm. going to, you know, grant us those rewards based on those things that we have done, even though those things that we have done aren't going to get us into heaven. Yeah, no, I, I think those are all yeah very good points, son. And um, you know, a, a couple thoughts, and then I, I think the First Corinthians chapter three, uh, eleven to fifteen is very very relevant here. Um, you know, um, I, I think that again, um, if, if 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 the scripture didn't use the word reward for some of these different situations, um, then. I, I think there'd be no reason um, to to mention it, but because it is um, it is taught in Scripture that seek by the Holy Spirit's help to determine, well, God, what does this mean? What does this mean in light of all of Scripture? Because we, you know, we, we should always, we must, we must always interpret Scripture in light of Scripture, and we must interpret the challenging passages in light of the clear. Clear message of the Bible is that eternal life in heaven is a free gift. That could not be more clear. So then we come across these verses, and not just one or two, but we come across multiple verses that talk about rewards in heaven. And we say, Lord, what is going on here? And I'm so thankful, Son, for 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Um, and I'll just read it here real quickly. Paul writes, No one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. So talking about for the believer, you know, you're, you're saved. You have this foundation uh, in faith, through faith in Christ. And then he says, if any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day, referring to judgment day, will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. Now, let me pause there for a minute. So I, I, I quoted Corinthians 5.10 earlier. For we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So on judgment day here, um, we, we, we stand before the Lord. And it says that our work will be uh, revealed with fire. The fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. So, son, this is not purgatory. The Bible does not teach purgatory. Um, one of the many problems with the doctrine of purgatory is that it's teaching, uh, you know, people that somehow those flames will benefit you after death because of it, or, or whatever purgatory is supposed to be, that somehow you're, you're going to maybe be punished a little bit for your sins and make up the difference or whatever. And it's all just a, a horrible teaching because our salvation is in what Christ endured on the cross. So the Bible doesn't teach purgatory. Maybe, you know, may, maybe the Catholic Church in part gets from this verse, but if, if so, it may totally misinterpret it. Um, our works will be revealed with fire. 
So, son, the example I used in the message is picture going through the metal detector at the airport and then the alarm going off if you've got metal. Um, so picture a person going through um, some sort of, uh, you know, whatever that test with fire is, and all of your life's work is now tested with fire. The motives, why you did what you did, okay? Um, uh, what you did, what, what sacrifices were, were made for the gospel, you know? Uh, I mean, you know, you know, Jesus talks about, you know, if you give up, you know, these things for the gospel, um, you know, you, you won't regret that. Um, so all of your works uh, are, are tested with fire, and, and, and Paul here writes, some of it is uh, gold, silver, costly stones, the other is wood, hay, and straw. So picture going through that, and let's just say you've got a believer, because these are all, this is talking about believers here, son, all of the people in this passage are believers. But, but it talks about some having wood, hay, and, and straw, which I'm sure we all have uh, at least some of that. Because, I mean, there have been times that our motive wasn't right. Um, and again, I, I don't see this talking about like just every aspect of our life um, per se, but, but especially things that we did for the Lord um, or didn't do for the Lord. Um, you know, and then what was our motive? Um, you know, was it, was it, was it to, uh, to have the, the focus on us or on the Lord and, and so on and so forth. God knows our motives. So, you know, then our work gets tested with fire. So the wood, hay, and straw gets burned up. And notice what it says here, son. Um, it says, if what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. It's like, wait a minute. Um, he's going to heaven. So what's this reward stuff? Um, and, and again, son, because I had somebody tell me this week um, that um, that they kind of look at it like the reward is going to heaven. And I, the more I thought about that comment, I thought, well, um, I mean, think about what that word means. Reward, reward is you're getting something for, for what you've done. And so the more I thought about that comment, I thought, I, I know what they mean. The real blessing is going to heaven, yes. But the reward is not getting into heaven, because if that were the case, then we're getting into heaven based on what we've done. That's what a reward is. That's the definition of a reward. Um, the reward is something um, for believers. Um, the rewards are for believers. So Paul here is talking about um, the one who, if what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. These verses, Son, teach us so much about where rewards fit into the biblical teaching of heaven and service to the Lord. Because I agree with everything you said about, you know, um, we're, we're, we're to be humble. We're not to do it for show. Um, many times we're not going to have, you know, any sort of earthly glory. And that's good. I think all of that is noble and right. And, and, and we'll, we'll be part of that gold and silver and costly stones. But, but take the person, son, let's say the believer now who, um, you know, really didn't sacrifice anything for the gospel as a believer. What I mean by that is they, they didn't really go out of their way, you know, to really um, in any way spread the gospel or, or, or be part of God's family in any meaningful way. They just kind of did their own thing with their own career and their own hobbies and their own fun times and their own vacations and their own retirement fund. But they were trusting in Christ as Savior, but not really super uh, involved in any sort of, of um uh, witnessing uh, or, or helping, you know, the God's church to advance. So, um, or let's say another example, the person who, you know, they do a lot, 
Um, they're on all the, you know, the, the church programs and this and that, and they, they do all sorts of things in the community, but in their heart, they're doing it because of the recognition they get, like the, the, the Pharisees, okay? So I think all those things, Psalm, I think it'll all be burned up. And then the Bible says that person will suffer loss. And I say, time out. Wait a minute. I've always thought, I mean, I'm talking now just in general, this is kind of how we're raised to think. I, I've always thought, how can you talk about loss? Because anybody who goes to heaven, I mean, that's not a loss, okay? Well, we have to understand this in context. It, it, it's only talking about loss in terms of the rewards that would have been given, okay? Um, that doesn't mean that person is going to have a bad experience in heaven, far from it. That doesn't mean that person is going to um, have any regrets once they get into heaven. Oh, man, you know, now for eternity, if only I had done better, if only I had, you know, gotten more rewards, or if only I hadn't done this or done that, okay? So I, there won't be any of that, I'm convinced, in heaven, because that's all of regret, and, and, and um, you know, and, and heaven will be perfect. But before the person gets in, okay, and there's, there's, this, um, uh, there's this testing, um, and, and our works be revealed by fire. It says, if it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved. Wait, time out. What do you mean? He's a believer. Well, he has to be, he himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames, not the flames of purgatory, not some flames whereby you're, you know, paying a little penalty now, you know, for your sin. Um, you know, no, you, you, you got to not go to purgatory and suffer a little bit because you weren't quite holy enough to get into heaven. Um, no, um, this is talking about um, the works being tested. So I think, Son, that this passage um, is as clear as probably any verse in the Bible that, that, that is teaching Christians that what you do matters for many reasons, because... What we do can either please the Lord or displease the Lord, and that should always be our highest goal, you know. Um, not what's in it for me in this life or the next, but, but am I pleasing the Lord? For whatever reason, though, God doesn't seem worried about us having compromised motives um, by him, him saying, him coming up with the idea uh, of rewards. And I think, son, it's just because of our, our human tendency. We know ourselves so well. We know, we know that we typically don't do anything um, unless we're going to get something out of it. Um, and so I think there's a part of us as Christians, maybe, let's say, especially mainly Christians. We hear this teaching, we think, wait a minute, time out. No, um, I'm, I'm way too selfish of a person to let that ever become part of my motive. To which I think perhaps God might come back and say scripture and say, wait a minute. Um, I didn't make this offer available because it would make sense to you or not. I did it because I wanted to do it. I, I wanted to give rewards to my children. And, and, and son, the, the last little thing I'll say on that, um, I'll use this example. So it, it would be like if a family had, let's say, adopted four children from the local orphanage. And um, they told all four of their kids, hey, this week we're going to go to the zoo. You're all going to get to go to the zoo. We're going to have a great time. You know, here in Omaha, the uh, Henry Dorley Zoo is one of the best in the world. You know, if not, you know, number one rated, at least in America, let's say. Okay, so you're going to get to go to the zoo. But here's the deal, kids. Um, we have a few little extras we'd like to throw into the mix here, okay? 
if you treat one another this week with respect, if you go out of your way to serve your siblings this week, you know, if you're kind to your siblings this week and, and, and you do your, your chores, let's say, okay. Um, we, we would love to, when we get to the zoo, you know, get you a snow cone, get you some popcorn, uh, maybe get you some tickets to the IMAX theater. You know, there's a cool, uh, show playing there, but, um, that's only if you're kind to each other. And if you do your chores and serve one another, we can have the right attitude about it, you know? And if not, then we'll just go to the zoo and we won't have those extra things, okay? So, son, imagine now Saturday morning comes and they all hop into the minivan. They start backing up out of their driveway. And walking down the street are um, five other orphans from the orphanage who are there, smiles on their face, and they're all excited, you know. Uh, hey, we heard, we're here, you know. Um, we can't wait. We can't wait to go, um, you know, to the zoo. And we even heard about all those other things. So we've been like, we've been like doing that at the orphanage this week. You know, we've been really loving one another. We knew you'd be impressed. You know, we've been, we've been helping clean up the orphanage and everything and, and loving each other. So here we are, you know, uh, to which then the parents, would say, well, you know, um, as much as we'd love to take you, um, what, what we were offering there and telling our, our family that was meant for our kids, those who were in our family. Um, and, and so there would be that awkward discussion of, of like, I mean, it wasn't just like a general thing. Um, you, you have to be in the family to go to the zoo. And, 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 and then once you're in the family, you're eligible for these bonus gifts, these rewards, if you will. Okay. So using that just, you know, imperfect analogy, son, um, God wants everybody to be adopted or born into his family. It, it, you know, the Bible uses both pictures, being born again, um, being adopted into God's family. I mean, we, we think of those ways of entering a family, uh, but that's how you enter God's family, through faith in Jesus Christ. So going to the zoo, i.e. going to heaven, is for those who are in the family. I mean, even if they don't have any rewards, the thief on the cross was in the family, okay? Um, he may not have had any rewards, hardly. But his heaven is going to be a billion times better um, then, then the person who misses heaven. Okay. Um, so on an earthly level, son, we can, we can understand, um, why a family would want to take their own kids to the zoo, why they would want to adopt kids, uh, or, or, or give birth to their own. Cause we could also, I mean, I guess I could use in that analogy, you know, four of the kids were uh, adopted and they had another, you know, a couple kids that, you know, were born to them. But anyway, that probably would make the analogy better. Um, but, um, you can understand why parents want to have kids in their family. Um, you can understand why parents, including my own, um, we would sometimes, you know, motive, sometimes motivate kids with bonus offers. If you do this, you know, if you do that, if you don't, you're not going to get your allowance. If you don't, we're not going to go here. We're not going to go there. So, you know, son, I, I, I think that while this teaching on heavenly rewards is certainly something that um, we don't hear a lot about, it's not a prominent theme, I wouldn't say in the New Testament, but it is taught. It, it's not a primary doctrine. It is secondary. It's not something that many Christians, myself included, really ever think about, unless we're teaching on this text. Um, and, and, and trying to be faithful to the text rather than, rather than like my own, cause my own natural way of thinking about it. Oh no, don't, don't bring that up. You know, you might compromise somebody's uh, whole motive, but then I go back to, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, preach the whole counsel of God. 
Um, you know, uh, I mean, it's like, I mean, it's a totally different thing, but like people, they say, well, don't preach on hell. You're going to offend somebody. Okay. Um, or don't preach on rewards. You know, you're going to compromise a Christian's motives. Well, you know, I think the Lord kind of will, will, will help a person to, to see what, what he wants us to see on this when we're faithful to the text. But anyway, son, here I go again. Uh, thank you. A long, long, uh, little, um, uh, little message there, but, but those are a few thoughts and that's pretty much, you know, the main stuff I, you know, I felt, you know, led to share on it today. So you, you jump right in and any other questions or follow-ups to that, you may have, you know, you may have a number of them. Well, one of the things that came to mind when you were talking about, you know, Corinthians about that stuff burning away and burning off, mm-hmm. you know, and you're talking mm-hmm. about, you're, and you're talking about, you know, a, a believer that's in heaven, part of the family. Um, you know, you you think about the refiner's fire, you know, no imperfection enters heaven. And even though our sins are, are widest are are forgiven and we're clean, it also Mm -hmm. kind of reminded me that, you know, God's sitting there and he's kind of burning off all the, you know, false pretenses that our religion, that our life was based on so that only the purest of our motives, only the purest of what we've done enters heaven because that's the only thing that really matters. I mean, I, as well, a, now, Tom, let, me, let me ask you this then. Let me just ask you this to press on that a little bit. Okay. So my, my only question though, is this then, um, if we're to interpret, even if we're to see that even as part of an interpretation on this passage, then what do you do then with the phrase, he will suffer loss? So if it's just like a refiner's fire burning off the dross, you know, kind of kind of just shaving off the edges there before you get in, you know, kind of getting rid of that stuff that you shouldn't have in your life so that now you're ready for heaven, then then um, how what, what do you do with, well, then he will suffer loss, he himself will be saved. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and the verse before says, "If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward." So, yeah. if that if that thing you just mentioned does refer to just God getting rid of some stuff there at the end before we get into heaven, rather than rewards or no rewards, okay, rewards or no rewards, because as I read that text, when it says it talks about he'll he'll get his reward, otherwise he'll suffer loss. So, so what do you do with that phrase then, if it, if it's not reward based? Yeah, you know, no, I think, it's, I think it's the loss of what we could have had. Because think about this, okay, you're dealing with something like the thief on the cross who has what rewards is a thief on the cross going to have, except the reward of heaven, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, as someone who becomes a Christian and has a longer life to be able to experience that Christian life on earth, I think we have more opportunity to do things for Christ's kingdom. We have more opportunity to witness to others. We have more opportunity to try to bring others to Christ. We have more opportunity to, you know, um, serve the widows, to do the, the, the downtrodden, the homeless, you know, all these things, you know, washing of other people's feet, all the things that Jesus uh, showed us mm-hmm. as an example on earth, which is a perfect way to live the Christian life. But I think that what we do in our motivation, we do things yeah. that are then in vain. Mm-hmm. And so because, okay, you could take somebody, for example, that went to church every single Sunday for the entire life. Well, mm-hmm. th- was there in their motivation one Sunday? Was it like, you know what? I, ha- I have to get there because I have my record to, 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 um, you know, to keep, keep my record going of a perfect attendance or, Oh, it's Thanksgiving. So I'm obligated, even though I don't want to, I'm obligated to go help the homeless because that's just what we do. Well, that's all opportunity lost in vain. And if we would have had the right motives and if we would have had the right mindset and we would have had the right intentions, then when we get to heaven and God sees that, that would be stuff that would then survive the fire because our motives and our intentions and everything was correct and biblical and following God's plan. But because it was false, 
but because we had false motives, false intentions, and we just did it to look like we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, I think that's lost mm-hmm. opportunity, and therefore rewards can be lost based on the mm-hmm. things that we did. I mean, it's like, look at a, if I can use a sports analogy, you know, you get up mm-hmm. there and the game's on the line, you take the shot or you make the pass, it's either complete, incomplete, it's either made or not made, now you have an opportunity to either win the championship or not based on what it is, and some people would want to pass the ball. They don't want the shot. Um, and so yeah. again, it's, it's yeah. the opportunity we're given then can dictate what type of rewards, if you're talking about rewards, because we could have a lost opportunity. And to me, when I was listening to that and reading it and going through it, you know, a loss mm-hmm. could be, look what you could have done, kind of like what you were talking about with the zoo. If you do all mm-hmm. these things, we can then not only go to the zoo, mm-hmm. but we can have our mm-hmm. popcorn, we can go to the IMAX theater, we can do all these things. Right. But no way, right. you didn't quite live up to that expectation. So we're still going to the zoo. But we're not going to get the IMAX theater, but you can still have your popcorn. Okay, we'll go over here and see the penguins. and then. But we're not going to go over here because you didn't quite live up to that, although you could have. We gave you that opportunity. And I think, therefore, you feel lost because, oh, man, I could have gone to IMAX. Now, again, we're talking about a heavenly realm, so there's going to be no regret, no envy. It's going to be a perfect love, so we're not going to feel those negative things. But I think that's what a loss could be is that what could we have done? And not only that, but what impact Mm -hmm. we could have had and the loss that we felt towards the people that we could have done it to. I mean, imagine if we had an opportunity to witness to people. And I think about this all the time. I have an opportunity mm-hmm. to witness to somebody, but let's say I just don't really feel like it. Or I feel like I'm going to be rejected mm-hmm. or mocked or made fun of. Or maybe I'm not living my mm-hmm. life the way I should. And so my mm-hmm. witness isn't quite there. And now I've lost an opportunity right. to share the gospel to somebody. So I get to heaven. Right. And even though I'm like, yeah, right. I witnessed, I witnessed and all this. Well, it's like, no, wait a minute. What about this opportunity here? And not only would I reward you for the salvation of mm-hmm. this person for witnessing, but now this person mm-hmm. has lost out on reward because maybe you were the person that was designed to be the witness of the testimony. Yeah. And so I think loss yes. goes beyond yes. just a, oh, here's your prize or here's not your prize. It's like a greater mm-hmm. thing that like, no, wait a minute. This is something you could have had, but because of your intentions, mm-hmm. your motives and things, that opportunity right. was squandered on your part. And so you mm-hmm. might think as a person entering heaven that you receive a reward because of that. And God's like, no, that's not the intention that you had. So we have to get rid of that. We have to burn that off and we have mm-hmm. to purify what it is exactly that you did for my name and for my name's sake. And that is what I'm going to reward yeah. you on. Yeah, you know, you know, so yeah, a couple of things though. Thanks. Uh, that's very helpful. You know, I, there was one phrase, um, you know, you mentioned about, well, you know, the, the, the thief's, you know, reward was going to heaven, uh, something to that effect. You know, the only thing I, I guess, especially as I've been thinking about this topic now since, you know, preaching on it on Sunday, um, and even with that person's comment that, uh, commented to me since Sunday about, you know, uh, you know, the reward is going to heaven. Um, I think the way I, I'm led to phrase that, I don't believe the thief on the cross received the reward of heaven. Um, I believe he received the gift of heaven. Um, I, I think anytime we use the word reward, if we're going to be true to the meaning of the word, then what the word means is, is that you're, you're meriting something. Um, I, I, I've never known that word reward to ever be used in, in the Bible or in life to ever, to ever be synonymous with gift. I've always, I've always understood it biblically. And then just in terms of its, its natural meaning, it, it's always given in response, some sort of compensation. Okay. Um, so, so that, that would just be, a, but, but why I think that's so important to make that point is, is, is because, um, Yes, the, the, the greatest joy, uh, 
um, will be, you know, that will be with the Lord. The greatest thing we could do is please the Lord. Um, uh, you know, it, it's all about God getting the glory and us getting rewards, okay? And, and I believe any spirit-filled Christian will be focused on that. You know, having said that, though, and this, again, is what I'm, I'm trying to, to do. I know you are, and I think any other Christians have tried to do this, too. Trying to be faithful to what then does the Bible mean by rewards? Why did Jesus teach it? Why did Paul teach it? Why did the Holy Spirit, you know, inspire it to to be put in Scripture? And um, and and and, and so um, what I see here, son, is is when it talks about the wood, hay, and straw, um, that that yeah, that that will be burned up. So yes, anything that was was not um, uh, done with the right motive, let's say for sure. I think that would be wood, hay, and straw. Um, anything that was done just for show, um, you know, and, and I think, you know, we, we live in a day, you, you mentioned like, you know, like going to church, for example, and I, I was thinking about, like, just take several of the commandments, you know, um, you know, thou shalt not steal, you know, honor your father and mother, you know, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, okay? I think the spirit-filled Christian, the spiritual Christian is going to take those three commandments and, and, and look at, you know, how can I not dishonor my, my father and mother by, by what I say and by what I do? How can I not be guilty of stealing? And how can I not be guilty of, of not remembering the Sabbath day and putting other things um, in front of that? I think the spiritual Christian um, is going to be looking at those things and, and trying to obey them. Not, you know, I'm sure in most cases with a thought, well, boy, I'm going to be rewarded for this. Um, but, but just with the thought, this is what, I mean, how, I mean, and in one sense, son, it, it, it's almost, I don't know what, I mean, for us to even, why God would even use a term like reward for us when he's given us his only son. I mean, nothing that we give is going to compare to that. We, we're not worthy of anything, but, but I, but I, I actually think, you know, the more I, I, I think about this topic, I think it actually can be a very good way to help explain the gospel. Um, because we can, we can, uh, just like we distinguish the law from the gospel, we can distinguish the gift from the reward, um, being adopted in being, born into the family um, as compared to the, the, the bonuses. Um, again, our natural, I think even as Christians, is wait a minute, don't talk about the bonuses. You might compromise somebody's motives. To, to which I say, well, wait a minute. If, if they're not doing it for show, uh, in fact, you know, Jesus even talked about, um, you know, going in and praying in private, praying in your closet, um, and then being rewarded for that. Um, I mean, you know, there's hardly any way to be more obscure than to go pray in your closet, uh, you know, in a private place where nobody even knows you're praying. You're not, you're not out doing this publicly. Uh, look at me. I'm a, you know, I'm a person of prayer, but you're doing it quietly. I mean, I think there are examples like that in the Bible where, you know, anything that we do to the glory of God, um, not to be seen, not to be, not to have the spotlight on us. I, I, I think that that pleases God. And then how that gets rewarded, how those gold, silver, and costly stones, how they, um, 
You know, what, what will that reward be? Will it be, we'll have a, you know, we'll have a crown that now we get to lay at the Lord's feet. I mean, any of the rewards that we get, son, and again, our, our hearts are going to be so pure too, totally pure in heaven. You know, it, it won't be like, oh, well, you know, what's in it for me? Um, I mean, I, I think about the holy angels today, okay? Um, I don't believe there is an ounce of jealousy among the holy angels in heaven or the angels here who serve us because I believe they are without sin. Now, how did two-thirds of the angels become corrupt and follow Satan? I mean, how, how did that happen? I mean, that's that's for God to explain to us. I That's above our pay grade. But I'm just saying, the angels, uh, I'm convinced uh, throughout eternity, aren't going to be bad. I mean, take like uh, Gabriel and Michael, for example, son. Think how... Think how um, unpleasant it would be if you had angels in heaven. Man, why can't I do what Gabriel's doing? Why can't I do what Michael's doing? You know, the archangels. Why can't I do that? And and But isn't that kind of, in a way, what Lucifer did? Only not just comparing himself to an angel, but comparing himself to the Son of God. It's like, why should he get all the worship? I mean, look at me. I'm beautiful. And, and he was. He was created as a beautiful angel. Um, scripture tells us that. In fact, his heart, in Ezekiel 28, we're told his heart became proud on account of his beauty. So God hates pride. And I think pride is, is a lot of what goes into wood, hay, and, and straw in, in, a, in a person's life. But, um, but, but yeah, so the angels aren't, aren't jealous. The holy angels aren't jealous of one another. We won't be jealous of one another in heaven. Um, God doesn't seem to be worried as I read the text, uh, about putting the rewards in there, but, but there are plenty of verses that do warn us, uh, about being proud, about doing things for show. Don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Um, and the other thing I would say on this side, it's probably best. Let's just say you have a Christian who thinks, boy, you know, God, God's going to probably reward me for doing that, doing that. It's probably best. Don't, don't say that out loud. Don't tell anybody that keep that between you and God. Because first of all, um, you know, we're too weak as human beings to not then want to give you some credit for that. You know, if God wants to give you credit and wants to give you reward, that great. I mean, he seems to be saying he's going to, (laughs) but keep that between you and him. Don't toot your own horn, you know? And um, so anyway, son, no, I think this is a, a very fascinating biblical subject to dive into and, yeah, I appreciate all those points here again that you just made. I think uh, all um, excellent, and uh, and I would I would certainly invite anybody who listens, you know, to this podcast, you know, to reach out and you know send in any questions that they might like us to follow up on, or if they'd like to visit about it over the phone sometime. Uh, I mean, I, I'd certainly be happy to do that if somebody would like to do that sometime or by email. Um, and and uh, I know you would as well, Sam. But yeah, so so just any way we could follow up with people, um, hey, please please let us know. Yeah, see, because the reason why I want to talk about it, because like, I've never as a spirit filled Christian trying to live biblical, uh, biblical life in my, you know, sinful nature. I've never once thought of rewards. I've never once focused on rewards. I've always focused on living a life that would glorify God, knowing that my sins are forgiven. uh, I repented. God, Mm -hmm. you know, Jesus, God sent his son to die on the cross, who rose again to save us from our sins. And I'm going to heaven. That's yes. kind of the end of it. And the rest is yeah. up to God because, like you said, you know, um, right. it's, it, you know, much like judgment, I guess, if you wanted to flip it over, you know, God's mm-hmm. going to judge those that did not accept him and rejected him and reward those that accepted him. And it's, I think, like you said, it's on a plane that's much higher. 
Um, oh, hey, hey, son, let me let me just throw this in, okay? So when Albert Barnes says rewards shall be granted to the friends and punishment to the foes of God, just in proportion to their deeds in this life. One thing we didn't touch on, son, was this. We didn't touch on, and we could spend a whole podcast on this, how the Bible teaches different degrees of punishment in hell, right. which is very, very much compared to this. Right. Um, because different degrees of punishment on on the bad side would, would, would be the... Uh, uh, you know, the equivalent of different degrees of reward on the good side, you know? So, so that's also, I think something that, that comes into this again, we, we just tend to think in general terms, like this person going to heaven or hell, either they've accepted Christ or they've rejected Christ. And, and those who deny Christ uh, will go to hell. Those who accepted Christ, trusting him as their savior will go to heaven. And, and, and we leave it at that. Um, but then again, we come across these verses that do go a little bit deeper, you know, for those of us who, um, who've known the Lord and, and want to, you know, want to understand what God's, what God's telling us. He didn't have to tell us that. God could have just, you know, son, God could have easily just said, you know what, I'm going to do the whole reward thing, but um, some people are going to misunderstand it, so I'm not going to tell them. And yet that's not what God did. And, and because we love his word so much, we're like, okay, Lord, um, show us what this means, because there's some reason you put in your love letter to us and and uh, help us to teach it and present it faithfully. Uh, but yeah, that different degrees of punishment in hell, I mean, you know, people better believe Hitler's going to have it a lot worse in hell than some people in hell, but um, uh, nobody in hell is going to want to be there for five seconds. Nobody in heaven is going to be jealous of, of, of you know, somebody else's reward. So these are, these, it, to me, one of the things it does, two signs, it lets us talk about heaven. It lets us talk about God's free gift of salvation, you know, and uh, by, by just even doing what you've done here by taking this topic. So I really appreciate that, son, what you're doing with it and what we've been able to talk about today. And, and so, uh, yeah, just a, just a, a wonderful thing to, uh, to visit about. Yeah, just... Um... A quick reminder that just one final question. So as we have this conversation, keep in mind that you're saved by grace alone through faith alone. And that's the only thing yeah. that's going to get you to heaven. Anything else on that God in his perfect and, uh, you know, and wow. just self will be able to mm-hmm. then deal with the so-called afterlife. Um, right. The way he has designed it. Um, so mm-hmm. get, getting back to the thief on the cross. So he enters heaven. What mm-hmm. rewards might he be able to get? Well, I'll tell you, son, okay, so when I think about the thief on the cross, and Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise, okay? My sense, based on Scripture, is that the thief will absolutely in no way, once he's in heaven, um, you know, once he passes through the fire here that tests the quality of each man's work, you know, however that works for him and for all of us, okay? But once you're once you're in heaven, you know, um, there won't be an ounce of regret or, or I don't have, so, so, um, his, while his rewards, if, 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 uh, if I'm understanding scripture correctly on this, you know, um, I, I don't really see how he would have, um, you know, it would be like the child son. It'd be like these kids. Well, Okay. It would be like maybe the child that gets adopted Saturday morning into the family. And, you know, how fair would it be if the kids have worked hard all week, you know, to get these bonus gifts? And now, well, we just, we just picked up a child at the orphanage this morning on our way to the zoo. Oh, but you know, um, 
We're going to go ahead and give them all the bonus stuff that you guys got. Even though they didn't do what you did, you know, hey, let's be fair. You know, let's be fair. Um, I, I don't see scripture teaching that. Um, I, I see scripture teaching, you know, the thief on the cross is in paradise forever. He'll have no regrets. But the, the message of rewards are for people who are still here to motivate, I believe, to motivate people to press on, don't give up, and to know what you do matters. You know, not like, well, I'll just sit back and coast. I'm not I'm going to heaven anyway, to, to which I think God says, wait a minute. There are many reasons I want you to do all these things. Why, you know, like um, be meek and, and serve and love and, and be humble and, and do all these things, you know, help, help the poor, help others. Um, because, because it pleases me, it helps others. It blesses your soul. Oh, and by the way, there'll be rewards in heaven for doing it too. So that's what I see scripture presenting on this. Um, and I'm so glad, though, son, for that point you just made. We have to remind people over and over again. We're talking about um, uh, those in the family, you know, those who've received the gift of eternal life. Because, son, there are whole groups of people. I was just talking to a guy today uh, who I've known for years uh, here in the community. I've invited him to church a number of times. He's an older gentleman. And he was telling me, I was asking him about his parents' uh, religion um, growing up. And his mother... Um, actually had a Lutheran uh, connection in Germany. They, uh, they, they, uh, his, his parents uh, moved here in the early thirties, but anyway, um, she became a Jehovah's witness. And so anyway, the Jehovah's witnesses and the Mormons, they do all sorts of stuff trying to get heavenly rewards, but you know what? <laughs> you don't get any of them because until you receive the gift, you're not in the family. So it's all about receiving the gift if you want to be in the family. You can work and work, and you can read these verses on the rewards. Oh, go look at Great. And that's why, son, if somebody reads these verses I just quoted today, and you don't read them in the context of the Bible and in the context of the gospel, you can come away just like you pull out a verse or two in James. Oh, look, we'll say bear works. Great. That's what I always thought. See? No, no, no. Read the Bible. Read the love letter. It's very clear. Um, so so that's that's where um, we have to take it in order. It's like justification comes first. That, and that's why Paul says, no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation, using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw. So, so we're talking about believers building on the foundation, son, either with good things or not. And if they're not using good things, they're still believers. You know, if they're doing things for show, they're still believers. If they're doing things to get a pat on the back, they're still believers. You know, if they're going to church so people will see them rather than to honor the Lord and, and obey the uh, third commandment and, 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 and encourage other Christians and worship God and love God. I mean, or they, or they um, serve on, on some committee in the community to be seen and get a pat on the back. Well, what, what, what reward are you going to get? Jesus said, hey, that's your reward. You got what you wanted. You wanted man's applause. So no, no costly stones there, wood, hay, and straw. It all gets burned up. It's like, oh, and, and that's what you were talking about, son, missed opportunities, missed opportunities. Those things got burned up. Why did I waste my, my time trying to impress other people? Because um, I got my reward for that, and it's, there'll be no rewards in heaven for that one. Dan Dozell with us, talking about uh, some things that go a little bit more in depth than what we might normally think of, and we do that here at the Crossroads of Faith and Pop Culture. And, Dan, we look forward to uh, many more. We thank you for your time and your insights. And, uh, again, um, looking for many more of these type of conversations as we not only try to spread the message but also maybe try to grow 
ourselves in the message as well as uh, talking about it. So, Dan, thanks again. We appreciate it, and we look forward to our next time. Oh, my pleasure, Son, completely. I sure enjoyed it, and I look forward to next time as well. So as the powerful influences of celebrities, music, movies, you've got these people on TV and social media driving our traditions and norms. We here at Sanctified Reason, Dan Delzell and myself, Sonny, and we want to discuss these things, and we invite you to uh, reach out, check out our website at uh, RadioWarp.com. That's Radio W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. You can click on the Sanctified Reason logo, and there's many episodes there that you can check out and that you can... Um, listen to and get more information about uh, the things that we talk about uh, over the years. And it's diverse. So many things are diverse from pop culture to faith to different people doing things. And so there's a lot of things that you can talk to uh, or listen to about the things that we talk about. So again, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend and until next time, God bless.